Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I am Greg, and I've decided that I'm going to officially promote John to my co-host now. Okay, hey. so I just, you know, he's always been like with me, and like he's been doing this with me for the last few months now, and it's it's so John is here, obviously, and uh, and so I'm gonna officially call him my co-host. Welcome everybody, the new co-host <laughs> who you've been listening to with me for months, John. How are you doing, man? I'm looking forward to the raise. Um, oh, good, good. That, keep, keep checking that, that mailbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep an eye on that. It's coming certified mail. Um, yeah, I definitely. can't wait to. I, I finally, finally get to crack into that that YouTube money. Oh, those it's, coffers. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, the, the YouTube money. Uh, it's the. Oh, it's so it's so delicious. Every penny you make for every three months of work that you do. <laughs> um, so uh, we have a couple of stories we're going to talk about today and we, we've got our, I've got my game of the week picked out. I'm sure John does as well. I, have, I do. I have a poultry pickup pile. It's pathetic, frankly, John, it's terrible because last week I just had like the super explosion. So I'll be, I'll be terrible when it comes to the pickup pile, but hopefully you, uh, you've got a bunch I might have you, or I might still have you beat then, because I I thought I had a poultry pickup pile oh, no. that you were gonna. Now, whenever whenever we get to the pickup pile, I I usually have you beaten in quantity, but you're usually a lunatic and spend like three hundred dollars on <laughs> one item. Yes. Did you do? The, well, actually, um, did you did you spend way more on one game than you should have this week? Uh, no, but I would say if three hundred dollars okay. makes me a lunatic, I'm just mildly crazy, <laughs> slightly <laughs> crazy. Uh, so I got a couple things there. Um, but to start it off, uh, John, what have you been playing, man? What uh, what what game has has gotten your interest peaked this week? Uh, I I jumped back into Man Eater, uh, the shark RPG, the shark on PG. Xbox One. <laughs> yeah, and uh, after like. I had a weird glitch where it erased like an hour of progress uh, that I, I complained to you about via text. Um, but I finally, I was like, ah, screw it. I'll, I'll play some more of that. And I got into it quite a bit. I got the full 1,000 achievement points on Xbox One and mm-hmm. wrapped that game up uh, a couple days ago. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. Um, if they made a sequel, I would play it in a second. Um, l- further in the game, uh, after you get get some upgrades you're able to survive out of the water for like two minutes Mm. and so like you can jump up onto like uh the shore and pedestrian footbridges and onto roads and stuff and just hop along and flop on the road and just murder like 30 people as sharks do (laughs) as sharks do it's just hilarious watching them do that (laughs) um but the, the one thing that was holding me back so if anybody plays that game um all of almost all of your upgrading comes from killing the boats and the the hunters boats and the hunters themselves uh so if you're gonna play that just spend a couple hours just annihilating all of the hunters because i wasn't doing that i was just like getting collectibles in the game and it really didn't get me anywhere for like the first five hours but then when i focused on just slaughtering all of the hunters like which are basically like cops in gta um, right. <laughs> then then I started ranking up and leveling up and unlocking new um, new armor for the shark 
and it got really really fun so, so i thoroughly enjoy that game so unlike gta where killing the cops is totally pointless <clears throat> and only makes yes. your life living hell <clears throat> excuse me yeah so <laughs> so what have you been playing uh have you managed to play any last of us without being spoiled by dickheads on the internet yes so uh all i've been playing is last of us 2 i finished okay. it last night Nice. And I did not have anything spoiled for me somehow. I don't know how I avoided it. Sweet. Um, I technically did, like, early on I heard a spoiler. I wasn't sure if it was a spoiler, right, because I didn't know. I read some line under some stupid console fanboy war post, and then, so, like, someone wrote a line, an Xbox fan spoiled it. But after I finished the game, it was not a spoiler. So they must have just been okay. cheeky about it. So no harm, no foul. Uh, it was, um, yeah, it was good. Like, I like the game. Uh, it's, and, and it's funny because this is going to lead into my rant of the week. Um, but there is like, there's a weird, um, hatred for this game out there. It's, it's really, it's really hard to describe. I mean, it's kind of on two fronts. Um, one is it's people and and there's no spoilers here i won't spoil anything for last of us so if, if you're like had that hand on that dial like waiting you had the hand on the radio waiting to turn it off in case i mentioned a spoiler don't worry folks out there listening on your old 1940s old timey radio there is no spoilers here um some people didn't like the story they and, and that's legitimate if you don't like the story you don't like it and and so okay. some people don't like the story but there's another sub subset of subterranean humanoids that uh, did not like uh, the uh, quote unquote SJW infested woke fest. <laughs> I, I, you know, so basically uh, there are characters that are uh, gay in the game. And then there are, uh, there's a, a, a female character that's very like ripped. She's very muscular and it's part of her character actually. But based on these early things, um, the, uh, like the, the early synopsis that leaked, people looked into that stuff. They saw the leaked images and then they just went like, Oh, here's a game just cramming in. Like I said, quote unquote SJW woke fest crap, which I don't, I, I hate that terminology. I just think that's really stupid. And uh, so, so that's, so that's kind of the two camps of hatred personally uh i liked the game i did not like where the story went and and it sucks because um it, it sucks because i love the first one and i love where the story went so there's a difference though and i guess maybe this will go into the rant so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna launch into the rant um so my rant is about review bombing and people like crapping on video games. So there's a difference between not liking something and something sucking, you know? And it's, it's hard sometimes because sometimes you'll, you'll hate something. You're like, Oh my God, this sucks. But, but I think you have to separate that from, is this product actually bad or is it that it wasn't what you wanted? And like last of us two, I look at that and I go, this is a, this is an incredible feat of game design. This is a, a five-year, whatever plus year project that came to fruition. Somehow got completed. Uh, it was the labor of hundreds of people, um, according to Jason Schreier. Hundreds of people overworked, <laughs> but hundreds <laughs> of people nonetheless. And it's 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 unbelievable what they were able to make. Almost unbelievable. 
And then I go to, but I didn't really like it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I can appreciate its impressiveness while saying I didn't like it. Red Dead 2 is kind of the same way. I found Red Dead 2 to be incredibly boring. But that's just my same. opinion. Just my opinion. And, and and if you love Red Dead 2, then cool. And I'll never hold that against someone. Like, I didn't look at people going, Ugh, like, why do people like this game? It's so stupid. The game sucks. And you like, it's not like that. Um, so my rant then is, uh, and I've got it up on the screen here. Not that I'm going to put this on YouTube probably, but like Met- Metacritic. Now, Metacritic is, if you don't know, it is a... Uh, collection and average of all the review scores that a game gets. So uh, I see John leaning in to try to get a view of it, but basically the Metascore for critics now, um, like there's there's user scores and Metascores. The Metascore is is taken from like websites and magazines and, and like reviewers and all these like famous sites that are registered with them, and they give it part of this huge score. And then the user score is just anybody. Anybody can go on there and give it a, a one out of ten and just say this game sucks and it counts. So the yes. meta the meta score on the game right now is ninety four out of a hundred. So the cri- critically acclaimed, as they would say, critically acclaimed, universal acclaim, one hundred and six critic reviews, ninety four percent average. That's incredible. I mean, that's that's hard to do. The user score. Based off of seventy nine thousand ratings, okay, Holy crap, is an average of four point four out of ten, so a forty four percent. So, you ask yourself, like, why is there such a separation? And it's a few camps, like I was mentioning earlier. There are people who genuinely don't like the story, and I think that's a fair complaint. And one day, I'm gonna just rant on the Last of Us Two story and what I hated about it. Doesn't mean it's a bad story, though. And I wouldn't give the game a bad score because I didn't like it. Now, ultimately, though, I shouldn't say that. Sorry, let me back that up a little bit. Ultimately, a review is your opinion anyway. So if I said I didn't like the game and I give it a 2 out of 10, I'm not wrong. It's a 2 out of 10 to me. It doesn't matter. Now, I wouldn't give this game a 2 out of 10 because I like to analyze things a little differently. And I can appreciate what sometimes they're trying to do, even if I didn't love it. I could also say, well, you know, I didn't love it, but I still would give this game this score because there are people who will love it. And then you explain who would like it. And, you know, that's always been my kind of thing with reviews is not that I do a lot in video form, but, you know, I talk to customers all day and that's like right. literally my job. So I, I do review games all the time for customers. And for me, maybe that's because it's my retail background, but for me, it's always been about, it's not whether the game's good or not. It's whether the game's good or not for them. And, and so, and you know, this working retail for a really long time too. It wasn't always about like what I loved about us when we worked at GameStop was we, we just found, we tried to find the right game for that person. It didn't matter what we sold. We don't care what we sell. We just want the sale. So to me, I'd rather you buy a $40 game that you're going to love than a $50 game that you're going to hate and probably return. And GameStop's return policy is very liberal. So like you come back and get cash back within seven days of a game, you know I mean? So you, you, if you steered somebody wrong, it's going to come back and bite you anyway. Um, so, so those are my, that's, those are my two rants. The, the first one is that people review bombing. I don't like it. I don't, I, I think it's a really stupid way to like vent your frustration with a property. So yeah. the user score is in the toilet. There's people who didn't like the story who genuinely have complaints that are legitimate being drowned out by two other groups. One group 
is the the anti woke SJW crowd. So the people the, that the Gamergate jackass, the, the, the Gamergate people, right? Like the people that uh, you know. Oh, the, the, the Last of Us and, and Naughty Dog are are catering to uh, to SJW propaganda. Blah 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 blah. So, so those are some people trashing the game. And then the other people trashing the game are the console war expats who <laughs> hate the game because it's a Sony exclusive that's getting universal praise. And that's more sad than anything because it's like rooting for another team to lose than your own team to win. <laughs> if I have to use a team analogy, which I already think is stupid because I hate the idea of console wars and being like a legitimate fight and all that stuff. It's stupid. Play what you like. It doesn't matter. And if they don't give you the experience you want, then switch to the other side. I mean, it's that easy. I feel like only two types of people go on to Metacritic and do reviews anyway, as far as users. The people that either love the hell out of the game and are going to give it a 10, or the people that hate the game and are going to give it a 1. Yeah. And, like, there's not a lot of people that are writing, like, middle-of-the-road, rational reviews in the <laughs> right. user review sections where they're really like digging into what they didn't like or did like yeah um the one thing i wanted to ask you did you not like the story throughout the whole thing or was it kind of like you liked pieces and you didn't like pieces well i can't say much obviously to avoid spoilers but i would right. say that i started out not really liking it then i started to like it Okay. Then I really hated it. <laughs> and then at the end, I was kind of like, I just kind of hate it. <laughs> like, it, it's so weird, man. It, 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 it it's, I've, the, the cool thing about it, Jenny and I, after I finished it, my wife and I, we, we, we talked about it, you know, and we thought like, we actually had almost an hour long conversation about what it meant to us. Okay. So no matter how much I don't like a game, that's incredible for a game in to 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 bring up that level of conversation about a story that it's telling whether you liked it or not I find it impressive what I look for nowadays in storytelling whether it's movies TV shows video games books I want it to invoke emotion from me um I want it to give me like a feeling of uh, uh, like I want to feel sad when I'm supposed to. I want to feel badass when I'm supposed to. I want to feel it, not just experience. It. I want to feel it. And mm-hmm. this game did that for me. It made me feel a lot of things. Uh, again, <laughs> not not the story that I like. If I was in charge of writing it, I never would have wrote this story. But I'm also not a a AAA game writer making money to do this, you know. And and if anybody has bought themselves the like the respect the the earned respect it's naughty dog in this regard i think i think they've really always done a really good job telling a fun story now last of us arguably they this was their franchise where they they want to push the envelope you know yeah like uncharted i think they played it pretty safe in uncharted 4 as far as characters go and and the safety of them and last of us you know it's a little different like it's their darker universe where they can get a little dark with things so um so that's that that's that's the first part of the rant is review bombs i i hate it i think review bombs are just <laughs> stupid and and you look at this right so seventy nine thousand ratings twenty six thousand are negative fourteen thousand are positive and seventeen hundred are mixed 
In the critical hmm. reviews, a hundred were positive, six were mixed, and zero were negative. Zero were negative. <laughs> it's just wild. Um, and now on the on the flip side of that, you have some just ridiculous statements. Like uh, I forget the guy's name. I I don't. Maybe you'll know who he is. He 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 makes the comment that says in in a world of gaming where every game is John Wick, Last of Us Two is Schindler's List. He said that. He made that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the most asinine things I've ever heard. But I get the point. And so I'm actually like, I'm not going to give him too hard of a time about this because I understand what he's trying to say. In in a, in a in a bunch of video games, it's very simple. It's it's fun gameplay. It's quirky. It's whatever. And then some games pull out raw emotion from you. This game pulls out raw emotion from you just like watching something like that does. I'm not saying it's the same. I'm not saying it's on the same yeah. level. You know, like I'm not saying that, you know, you know, I'm not saying that. But no. but it does invoke emotion. And that's what a movie like that does. So, yes, I kind of understand the point he was making, even though I think it's like I wouldn't have said that movie just because of the implication that goes along with that movie. But was was he comparing it to it because there's a lot of naked old dudes running around with their their dongs hanging I, out? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Because because that scene stuck with me at Schindler's I, List to I, this day. Can I tell you? I've never um, watched it. I've no? never seen it. I, I don't think I could. I don't know that. I mean, I did watch Grave of the Fireflies last week, so I don't. Know. Um, I could probably watch anything. I mean, <laughs> the I actually I was uh, me and Nicole had Lyra watch. Uh, my neighbor Totoro last week. Oh, sure. And uh, she enjoyed it. And uh, I was like, all right, next up uh, is Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, my God. And I, I had never seen it before. Jenny watched, Oh, my God. Yeah, that Jen, movie's sad. Jenny watched it in college. And uh, um, <laughs> Jenny watched it in college. And she, so I she came downstairs because she works from home. She came downstairs and was like, I said, "Hey, I watched Grave of the Fireflies." And she just went, "Why?" <laughs> and I had never you seen it. it without her. I watched it by myself, and that <laughs> was a terrible decision. Did you, did you go upstairs and you were like, "I watched Grave of the Fireflies." I, I was like standing. I was standing oh in the God. kitchen, getting ready to make dinner or feed the cats, and she came down. And I told her that, and she goes, "Why?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't know. I always wanted to watch it." And uh, and so quickly for anyone who uh, is listening and has no idea for the last few minutes where we've been. Grave of the Fireflies is a Studio Ghibli movie. Um, if you've watched any Studio Ghibli films, that's like Princess Mononoke, My Neighbor Totoro, um, Spirited Away. Moving Castle. Yeah, Howl's Moving Castle. Like, like they're these iconic 90s and 2000s like anime movies. And they're high quality when they got when they got um, dubbed in the U.S. They always had like good voice actors do it. Like they were they were high production value stuff. They were they were like. They weren't just some anime company putting these out. Like, there were movie studios were doing these. So, Grave of the Fireflies, though. And, and, like, all of the Ghibli movies typically have a tragedy in them. And then it's a tragedy that starts and it turns into a feel-good story. It's usually how a Ghibli movie goes. Grave of the Fireflies <laughs> is a sad, horrible moment. And then they show you all the sadness that leads up to that sad moment. <laughs> there is nothing redeemable about that movie as far as like happiness or anything positive. It's just one of the saddest things I've ever seen. And, and it, all, it's, yeah. I agree, but it's also one of my favorite movies I've ever seen too. Uh, like I definitely cried like a bitch yeah. watching that movie, 
but it's a moment where like when Lyra gets old enough, I want her to watch that movie because it shows you a side of war that you don't think about. Like it, um, it shows you the horrors of world war two and the atomic bomb and what, what it did to the Japanese people and makes you feel for them rather than just being like rah rah america they attacked us we attack them right it really was like wow there there are people on the ground in these war zones that have nothing to do with with the attack that happened that are having to deal with the aftermath of somebody's stupid stupid decisions yeah well and and i i watched that too and it, it also shows how when times get tough there's like a selfishness that like boils to the surface bubbles up to the surface of a lot of people. And so like I, I watched that movie and the whole time, like I looked at Jenny and we were talking a little bit. And I said, just one person could have helped them. <laughs> one person yeah. was nice to them. If one, just one person could have been nice to them, you know? And, and so, uh, this, this movie is, uh, like John was saying a little bit, it's about, um, <clears throat> two kids that get orphaned, during the fire bombings of uh in Japan during World War Two at the end at the end of World War Two. And so it's about them trying to survive, basically. And um, you know, it's it's just really touching. So if if you have someone you love and care about, maybe watch it with them. I can't recommend watching it by yourself because I watched it by myself and I just it ruined my whole day. <laughs> like I couldn't do anything. <laughs> I had zero productivity after that. I just thought well, what's the point of living? I mean, geez, <laughs> like, I, you know, it wasn't that bad, but it was kind of there. Um, but yeah, so that, that's my rant. And then the other side of it is just reviews in general. And so I can't stress enough. Reviews are an opinion. They are subjective. Yeah. So it's just, it's my, it's their opinion. Just like it's my opinion that these reviews are stupid. Um, now if you, if you watch someone and say you watch all their reviews and you agree with 99% of their reviews, you could say, Hey, I'm probably going to like something this person recommends, but to hate someone because they have a different opinion of something like we're, there's a reason why there's hundreds of thousands of games out there to play because everybody likes something different. And there's something out there for everyone, which is why I kind of like this medium. You know, it's like same thing with books. Like I don't, I don't read a lot of books. I have like a hard time focusing. Um, I don't know if it's like an ADHD thing. I can't like oftentimes I'll start reading and I start skipping words, looking for like interesting things. And then I start skipping sentences and then I'll start skipping paragraphs. Like, Oh, what's what? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're describing the guy's car looks like, okay. And then you go to the next part. Like, okay. Yeah. Now we're in the house. Yeah. yeah I know it's a house. Okay. Like I'm, I'm, I have a hard time focusing. <clears throat> excuse me. And then I read ready player one and I sat down in my living room, turned off the television and read it almost cover to cover. I mean, <laughs> like I've, I haven't done that since reading like Ramona Quimby books in third grade, I think where I like stopped doing something else to just read a book. And, but then that book gets a lot of crap. Like, Oh, it's, uh, it's terribly written. Oh my God. It's like the guy, he's such an amateur. It's his first book. It's terrible. And I'm just like, I enjoyed it, you know? And so I, you know, so if somebody else enjoys something that I don't like, I don't care. It's like, it's like musicians too, right? So a lot of people hate Metallica because in the two thousands, they had an issue with Napster. Now, nowadays you look at it and you go, yeah, I guess it was just a band trying to protect themselves from, you know, their music being pirated, but okay. You know, 
everyone hates them. So there's like a negative connotation associated with them and a lot of other bands that just, and like you hear like that band sucks. Right. And I, I hate that. Okay. If you want to say you don't like them, I get it. But to say like a band sucks when they're a million times more talented (laughs) at something than you are. I mean, I just, I can't go there. You know, I can't. And so it's the same thing with this. It's all opinion. If you don't like something, that's fine. There's a difference between not liking something and something being terrible or sucking. That's it. That's my rant. Reviews and then review bombs. Don't review bomb stuff. It's stupid. <laughs> Go do something better. With you. I, Go fill out Taco Bell surveys or something. I don't know. Just right. Yeah. Get off of Metacritic. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the thing I find funny, so I did not buy Last of Us 2. Um, I played the beginning of The Last of Us 1 and didn't get very far in it, but I, I liked the opening of that game a lot when Joel's escaping when the initial yeah like very outbreak powerful. is happening. Very powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um but uh I just couldn't get into it. Um and I read all the spoilers for two. Like I just bet I spoiled the whole game for myself. Nice. And we'll talk about it off honestly, podcast then. <laughs> yeah. Honestly I think the spoilers made me want to play it more. Sure. Um because I, I read some like and I I read some of the interesting twists that they took and I was like, man, that's really different. And it really makes like, it really makes you think about the events of the first game in a different way, potentially. Sure. And so it made me want to play it more. Um, so I, I might actually pick that up and play it at some point. Uh, as far as reviews go, like I've stopped reading most reviews. Like, when I open up a review, I'll pretty much skim down to uh, a lot of reviews now just to talk about trophies and achievements. Nice. And I'll just I'll just go straight down to that section and I'll see, are they easy? And then the other thing I look for is, uh, does the game play like garbage? Mm. Like, I don't care about what that person thinks about the game. I want to know if mechanically it works. Nice. And if it mechanically <laughs> works... And I was going to buy it anyway. I don't give a crap if the guy doesn't like the subject matter of the game. Because I, I already had my mind made up. I just want to yeah. know, is it broken? It, and if it's not broken, cool. I'm going to make up my own mind. I talk to so many people. Like I hate the term influencer. But it might be one of the most accurate descriptions of what a lot of these people are. Because like I hear people all the time say, oh, I watched you know, this streamer play this game and now I'm going to buy it because he said it was really good and I liked watching him play it. So like these people are influencing and and stuff like PS2 games going up in collector's value because Metal Jesus does a video about it. Like stuff like, (laughs) like they are legitimately influencers in their medium to, to get people to buy things. It's, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent reviews are just whatever. Like if you trust somebody, then cool, like their reviews. But like when I see someone give a game like a six out of 10 and people are like, what are you crazy? This game's a 10 out of 10. Are you stupid? Like it was a six out of 10 to them. So who cares? You obviously don't agree with this person. So don't ever trust their reviews because they're not the same as you. I don't know. So what did you write in your Metacritic user review? Uh, one out of 10. Hmm. You know, I, if, if say, I, I mean, I didn't do one obviously, but which I know, you know, um, but to, to play along, if I were to leave a Metacritic review, I'd probably leave a seven out of 10. Okay. And I would say that the game is a technical Marvel. Some of the things they do in animation 
and and what they were like in that what they did in in a way to invoke emotion or to um to to pull emotion out of me worked it's just that i didn't like when they were doing it you know and and if i had liked the story more like because in the first game they did the same thing they pulled this emotion out of me that i didn't even know i had and then i i loved it because it was what i wanted it ended how i wanted this game it pulls the emotion on me but then doesn't end how i want it doesn't start how i want it it doesn't work how i want it in the middle <laughs> so it's <laughs> none of it worked but that doesn't I'll... mean it's bad it just means it didn't work for me now i can argue about pacing and you know i, I actually think last of us and I say this about Uncharted shooting all the time. Okay, you know me. I play Dark Souls. I've platinumed. Um, I mean, I, I've I've platinumed like uh, Bloodstained. I I have no problem playing difficult games. I played through Blasphemous, no problem. Uh, Salt yep. Sanctuary, no problem. Um, I put Uncharted and Last of Us on easy because I don't care about the gameplay. And in fact, I quite hate the gameplay in those games. Um, Last of Us gets very repetitive. You clear out an area of enemies, whether they're clickers or humans, then you run around looting all the stuff you can find, finding a bunch of whatever collectibles. Then you go to the next area, you fight some people, you clear them all out, then you loot, then you make stuff. I mean, like it's, it's the, the, the gameplay is pretty repetitive. So it's not a perfect game, but it's okay. Seven out of 10. That's like an IGN. That's a, that's a game. That's a game informer five, seven out of 10. <laughs> For the record, I give a uh, manhunt or man eater a 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Uh, All right. Good. Yeah. Good. It was well, a perfect trust, game in every way. <laughs> I don't trust your uh, crappy reviews. So. <laughs> um, but all right. 10 out of 10 man eater. There you go. John's game of the year right there. Number one. Um, but okay. So then we got two stories we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about um, Microsoft shutting down mixer which is their streaming platform, which they bought not that long ago for a bunch of money. It was called beam beam. It? Yep. And then, uh, and they made it like a Twitch competitor. Uh, and then along with that story though, there was also a, a pretty scathing, uh, breakdown of, uh, one employees, um, felt that they were, uh, that the Twitch, the Twitch corporate or the Twitch company, was racist as a company in how they treated their employees. Uh, and then we're going to talk again uh, about Billy Mitchell, but it's going to be a quick one because uh, we have a story, a little bit about that, a little follow-up uh, to what we were talking about last time. And yeah, and then it's game of the week and then it's pickup pile of the week. Well, and then we're going to dabble in some Batman talk too. Right? Oh yes. Yes. So actually, do you want to do that now? Cause I, I sure. forgot. To, okay. So, so uh, to set this up a little bit, we, we've talked about this before. John loves, the Batman Arkham games. So they're the studio name is Rocksteady. They uh they made Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight. And that's all they've made. And Urban Chaos. And, and Urban response. Chaos. And Urban Chaos. I won't forget. <laughs> Riot response. response. Not, the first Urban Chaos is somebody else. Well oh Monkey well, Foot it, Entertainment oh. made the first one. Well, I'm, yeah. gl- I'm glad that Rocksteady picked up the sequel. Um but obviously incredible games. John loves these games. So then to set him up, there is a rumor that the next game that Rocksteady's working on. Now we talked about this not too long ago. We said, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if they did a turtles game or what if they did, you know, this or a justice league game? Well, the rumor that, that, that seems to be locked in is a suicide squad game. So not justice league, not Batman, not the good guys, arguably the suicide squad are not good guys. In fact, they're villains that get, uh, like used by the government to do dangerous missions 
um, as heroes, I guess, but they're not. So anyway, John, as a Rocksteady fan, as a super fan, as a Batman fan, what are your thoughts about this? And like, take, take me, take me with you, take me on this ride where you want to go. So, so one of the, the domain names registered was like, wasn't it, uh, suicide squad kills the justice league. Yes. So it could still be a justice league game to be fair, but yes. So the reason I think it would be a suicide squad game would be that the suicide squad isn't mainly filled with very super powered characters. So, and and it's also it's also a revolving like list of people. So you can play with that and you can say, all right, we're going to have Harley Quinn and we're going to have Boomerang and these other characters that are not flying and are not, they're not punching super through walls. Yeah. Right. You can, you can keep it that Batman Arkham Asylum. Like these people are vulnerable, but they're also very good at what they do and very acrobatic and, and good at fighting. Uh, and that's what Rocksteady excels at. They, they excel at making fantastic fighting systems. And so that's why I don't really want a Superman game out of them. Because I don't know how they would make a Superman game compelling. So having Deadshot, having potentially Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, those types in the game, I think would be very easy for them to slot into a Arkham, uh, uh, well, a Gotham or wherever they want to set the game. Uh, and then making the Justice League the enemy is interesting because then you're you're fighting against those superpowers rather than utilizing those superpowers. So I think it's I think it's cool. Um, I'm when you played as Harley Quinn and Batgirl and Robin and and um, uh, Red Hood in Arkham Arkham City or Arkham Knight, they were great characters. But they didn't build those characters to work in the entire open world. They built those characters to work in very specific levels that utilized their power-ups and whatnot. So I like the idea of potentially having six different characters or whatever they're gonna, it's going to be in an open world setting where you can swap out to the different characters at, at different yeah. times. Because that was the one thing that sucked about, about Arkham Knight was it's like, all right, Harley's cool. Can I take her into the open world? No. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. The other rumor that's still going around is that um, Montreal, uh, Warner Brothers Montreal, is working on a Court of Owls game yep, uh, yep. that might be what was the what was it? it was Gotham was it Gotham Incorporated or something else? That sounds familiar. Yeah. Like- that so it potentially would be like the bat family against the court of owls. Um, and I didn't really play Batman Arkham origins. So short of them making their game a lot closer to what Rocksteady did. I don't know that I'll get super into it. I, I didn't like the, the investigation mechanics in origins. So, and I didn't like the setting as much. Uh, to to spin off of that, so there, were, Warner Brothers is apparently tra- or uh, Warner Brothers Interactive is for sale, supposedly. Right. Uh, AT and T 
is their parent company. And it sounds like they're trying to spin off the interactive segment, which would include uh, Turbine Interactive, Rocksteady, um, uh, NetherRealm Studios. I can't believe Turbine's um, still around. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't. What are they work? What are they working on? I don't. Um, know. They made like a Lord of the Rings online, and they do mobile games and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, uh, Monolith is also part of that. So the big rumor is that either supposedly Activision, 2K, and EA are interested. Um, where would you want that that company to go? Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, man, y- you can't say EA or Activision because those are game dev studio graveyards, you know, yeah. where they're only as good as their latest hit. They have a bad game or they have a game that's only mediocre, which is usually because the studio keeps in the publisher keeps interfering. So then the game turns into crap and then they break up the teams and they start just using the name and then they put whoever they want in it. And then all the people who started (laughs) that company leave and then the name, then the quality of the games that it makes goes down and then it's over. So I guess if I had to pick anyone, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't even say Sony because I don't. I I mean I like that they put invest money into this stuff, but that's not typically how they work. They're more of like it's almost like Sony Studios are all connected, you know, and, yeah. and sharing information. So to to bring in a studio like that would be weird. Um, I I, I mean I don't know. Uh, man, I I don't even have a good answer to that. I I don't I don't want to be EA or Activision. I don't want to be Ubisoft. Um. I guess Microsoft might not be a bad landing spot. I mean, I would hate that because then the games from them I want to play, I'd have to play on Xbox or PC. Uh, but at least the way Microsoft is right now, I could see them giving them what they want to be successful. But who knows when they change their plans on that? As we're going to talk about later, yeah. like Microsoft lately seems to just be like, man, if something's not making money today, we're just, we're off it. Just forget it. Peace. <laughs> and just peace out. Um, how about you? Where where do you th- um, where would you like to see them land if a bigger company were to purchase them? So, I agree with you on EA Activision. I do think Activision is slightly less crappy in some ways. So, like they bought they bought their contract with Bungie, but then they also let them walk away and take their property with them. Yeah, that um, was weird, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm still not so, curious. How, I'm still very curious how that deal worked out. I mean, there's something that we don't know going on there. But anyway, yep, you're right. Yeah, but the, <laughs> but then like on the other hand, they screwed over Vince Zampanella and the the Infinity Ward guys. Yeah. Um, but then those Infinity Ward guys went over to EA and have really built one hell of a studio and have give, been given a lot of control over their destiny and their company. So like. The EA's got pluses and minuses. I think EA is a hell of a lot better now than they were five, ten years ago. Yeah. Um, I would say, I, I agree with you. I think Microsoft would treat them right. I kind of wonder if Microsoft would buy them and take it all 100% like exclusive, or if they might do what they do with Minecraft and know that more money is better, and so let yeah. let the products continue to release on all platforms, um, rather than rather than having them exclusive. Um, but then another company that nobody's talking about that might be able to swing it too would be Epic. Oh sure, um, 
because uh, I mean, all of all of their games are built using Epic's tools, uh, and Epic has more money than God right now. Mm, that and sweet so, Fortnite dollars. So I think I think they would probably treat it right as well, and I think they would probably give them advanced tools and and knowledge to really make their games even better. So not saying that I necessarily would want Epic to do it, but I think nobody's really talking about Epic in that same like conversation. And I think Epic really doesn't or is a bigger player than what people think about. But yeah, I, yeah. I, honestly, I wish it would stay with Warner Brothers um, because Rocksteady's great because they can grab any Warner Brothers property that they want and go to town with it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's not going to go with the the sale of the companies is the properties that, uh, like, obviously they're not going to sell Batman with Rocksteady. <laughs> right. Exactly. So once once somebody buys that studio, they're going to have to pay Warner Brothers the licensing fee to continue to make whatever games that they're making. But, now I do think they'll get I think they'll get Mortal Kombat. Um but I don't think they'll get stuff like the Arkham games. Now if Nickelodeon were to buy them, then they could make that Turtles <laughs> game that we all want. <laughs> yes. So you know Yes, Viacom Nickelodeon should buy it so that way Greg can get his Ninja Turtles game. I just want a good Ninja <laughs> Turtles game. It's not it's not too much to ask. Um but alright. So let let's get into this right away, John. Let's uh Let's talk about Billy Mitchell and get this over with. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because uh, so this news came out a few days ago. Guinness, as in Guinness World Records, reverses the decision to strip Billy Mitchell's Pac-Man and Donkey Kong scores. So Guinness World Records has reversed a 2018 decision. I can't believe it was 2018 already. <laughs> decision <laughs> to strip Billy Mitchell of his Pac-Man and Donkey Kong World Records. Uh, in what is the latest twist in a long story about the notorious arcade game master at the center of the documentary, The King of Kong. They always go back to that. Like, oh, he's a big name because of that. He's looking haggard, by the way, in this video. I don't know if you see this picture. He's, dude's <laughs> I looking, can see the picture, but... Dude's looking old, man. He's struggling. And I it's mean, fine. realistically, they always reference King of Kong because King of Kong didn't exist. Nobody would know who this dickhead is. Yeah, I mean, nobody... <laughs> most people wouldn't care anymore. Um... So that means that according to Guinness, Billy Mitchell is once again the first to achieve a perfect score on Pac-Man and the first to reach 1 million points on Donkey Kong. Now, what's funny about all this is he's not a world record holder in either of these games anymore. He had the record at one time. So they're reinstating the fact that he was the first person to do this million points of Donkey Kong and the first person to achieve a perfect score. It's like it's not even that big of a deal. (laughs) Like it's it's really stupid. Um, it, the article goes on to say, but Guinness stands alone in recognizing Mitchell's scores as Twin Galaxies is sticking with the decision to not recognize them. Now, the funny thing about this is that Guinness had paired with um, Twin Galaxies. So all all of the records for a lot of video games came from the verification process of Twin Galaxies. Like Guinness would be like, oh, who's who's the who's got the world record in this? Well, Twin Galaxy says this, we're going to consider this. Like it was, it was a relationship that goes back quite a long time. Um, Guinness World Records followed suit shortly after uh, Twin Galaxies initiated an investigation. Mitchell ultimately sued Twin Galaxies this year. We talked about that 
for libel and threatened to sue Guinness. So they never finalized the Guinness lawsuit. They just threatened it. The Twin Galaxies lawsuit is still ongoing. And then Guinness World Records editor Craig Glenday said in a video released Thursday that, quote, existing evidence and newly sourced eyewitness testimony, plus some new expert gameplay analyses and hardware verification, end quote, was reviewed before reversing the decision. Quote, in the end, we found that there just wasn't sufficient evidence to support the disqualification across the board, end quote, he said. So that's also very interesting wording because he's not saying that we found him to be innocent. (laughs) It's just that we didn't have enough evidence to say he was so guilty we would just remove all of his scores for him being a dirty, dirty cheater. If he is a cheater. I'm not saying you're a cheater, Billy. I know you're not watching. It's fine. Um, you, it's like, the, it's the Batman meme. I'm telling you, man, it's like, 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 like Billy Mitchell made me as a YouTuber. <laughs> so I can't, I can't take, I, you know, I, I, you know, I made you, you made me first sort of thing. Um, twin galaxies founder, Walter day also appeared in the video saying he was quote, very pleased to see this happen. End quote. The organization's current owner and CEO, CEO, Jace Hall, only responded to Ars Technica's request for comment with the, quote, but that's none of my business, quote, Kermit the Frog meme. (laughs) (laughs) It was the the him sipping Lipton iced tea. Yeah, yeah, so so Jace Hall (laughs) taking this very seriously, (laughs) sending them a meme. Uh, So... There's not a lot to talk about here, and I'm not going to get hung up on it forever. But here's what I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little different, John, from I think you think where I was going. But I look at this and I go, that's fine. I, I, I mean, Guinness World Records is not the definitive place to go for world record holding anymore when it comes to video games. A lot of stuff for speedrunning and high scores has other dedicated websites for such things. Even Twin Galaxies isn't, isn't even really the place to go anymore for all that sort of stuff. If you want an interesting record, which is obviously now totally in question, especially after the Todd Rogers stuff and a bunch of other people that were found to be cheating over the, in in the old days, the old scores are hard, hardly able to be trusted, but it's still neat to go back and say, Hey, in 1985, this happened Hey, in 87, this guy be, you know, it's fine. It's more of a history thing than anything. Who cares? Um, Billy's made his whole career off of being this champion. And so he needs this as part of his image. I think he believes. I, it, it's, it's so funny because all of this is just like bringing him back into the spotlight. Like like he, he had been forgotten about. No one really cared. The movie did that. So like he complains about looking like a bad guy all the time. He wouldn't look like anything if he hadn't been in that movie. And he hasn't been doing what he's been doing now. And now he streams on right. Twitch and he's got a really decent following. But. I came across a couple interesting things now. Um, so th- there's the, uh, the Donkey Kong forums is where this like originally started where, you know, someone had put up the information saying here is like, he- here's why we know he's cheating. And and I chat uh, with this person uh, on Twitter all the time. And, you know, one of the things he said to me was, you know, when when Guinness decided to reenact this, they didn't reach out to me. When he's the one who's putting up all this information, all the evidence, breaking it all down, like this guy, I mean, like, look at how far I'm scrolling. This is all the post he's talking about how it was fake, how Billy cheated. <laughs> like, this is, it's, we're still going. There we go. That's the end of it. 
And then he goes to another <laughs> post because he ran out of room on the first one. And here's a whole bunch more. Uh, and then in conclusion. Uh, so they never asked this person who, who did all the legwork to, to organize all this information. Not even included at all. But and, and, and that person basically just, he'll never believe that Billy's not a cheater because he, the, the proof is in the pudding. But one other thing I found interesting uh, was Patrick Scott Patterson. Now, I don't know a lot about him. I know he's really into wrestling. I know he buys storage lockers now. And I believe he used to be, um, like, he's, he's an old arcade guy. So he gets interviewed a lot. And he's in a lot. Like, he was part of the old crew, I feel like, with these guys back in the day. Is this the guy that was the male stripper from the <laughs> Donkey Kong uh, <laughs> King of Fistful of Quarters movie? I don't know. Maybe? I don't remember that part from that they movie. Did, they had like this weird tangent where they talked about this guy that owned like Pontiac Firebirds and was a male stripper and it was super weird. Well, damn it. Now I got to find that out. But so anyway, <laughs> you know, he, he had a he had a thread that I, I went down the rabbit hole a little bit and said, I had no plans to remark on the Billy Mitchell quote unquote news, but it seems I'm going to be inboxed about it until I do. So here's the only post I'll be making. And he basically goes on to say, I don't care. My priorities in life are, are straight. I'm focused. I keep my family safe during a pandemic and maintaining and growing my business. The antics of a 55-year-old man who compares his Pac-Man skills to man landing on the moon is simply no longer relevant to me. And yes, Billy Mitchell has made that comparison. But he goes on to say, now, now this is the weird one. So we finally got here after all this. And now he goes on to say, it's no longer relevant to me, nor should it be to you. It's been six years now since he gave an award to his convicted pedo buddy, Stephen Krogman, at a convention full of children. But nobody ever wants to talk about that. It's a bigger deal to talk about if he cheated on a 39-year-old video game than his longtime friendships with numerous people who have been convicted of sexual crimes against children. Yeah. Now hold the phone. All right. Yeah, you're right. I did not expect. You did this not to go see that coming. Here. I didn't either. Jesus. I was like, I was like, hey, this guy doesn't like Billy Mitchell. Like he talks about it all the time. It's fine. It's whatever. It's another person's take. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Now he's mad that people don't talk about that. So I looked it up. I looked it up, John. <laughs> so uh, I was wondering. So so earlier <laughs> while I was talking to Greg, he was like scrolling through and looking at mug shots. And I was like, oh, yeah. what the hell is he doing? <laughs> you know, it's in my spare time. <laughs> I like to check out some mugs, man. It's fine. So Stephen Krogman uh, is a registered sex offender. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah. So he... Uh, is he friends with Billy on on MySpace? <laughs> I don't probably. Do know? I, don't, I don't know. But so I feel like I, I follow... PSPs Patrick Scott Patterson and he made these comments. I don't know. I don't know what this means. I want to know more. I don't think he cares enough to 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 tell me. But I would say he he said no one's going to talk about it, so I'll talk about it. And I can't find anything else. Like I want to know more about it. I can't find anything. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what war he's talking about. I mean, I can look here and say that you know, like under this player. I think this is him, right? Like, like there was a link to it, and basically he's got the high score in Galaga. Um, the the pedo guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Galaga eighty eight, okay. magical drop two, Pang three, Tetris. You know, like, and it was all verified by referees. Like, that's that's what this is. So that he was just a big, you know, he's just a big arcade high score handler guy. 
Um, but that really bugs me. And it bugs me more so too, that, that he's saying that there are more people out there who he's friends with that are also convicted of this thing. So do, I don't know where do to we take know if, that. Do we know if this guy or Billy Mitchell have been to, uh, Epstein's Island? Uh, so, sorry, I didn't check the flight records, John. You know, if, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm poorly prepared this week. You'll have to dig into that. I wasn't ready for Epstein. I didn't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's wild, man. I don't know. I don't know what to say except, I, I mean, I just, I read that and I read how angry Patrick Scott Patterson seemed to be about how no one talked about that. So you know what? I'll mention it. What award did Billy give him? I have no idea. I like, I have no idea. Like trying to find information on this stuff is so weird. Um, huh. you know what? Let's that's my internet searching. Okay. Now hold you got on. One of those, you got one of those razor keyboards. You could make that noise for uh, real. Excuse me. I have a Logitech G910 keyboard. I don't... Is that better? Razor. I don't know if that... Um, Okay, so here's what it says. So this is actually a tweet from Patrick Scott Patterson in January of 2018. Okay. In in 2014, Billy Mitchell, among others, invited Stephen Krogman to an event with children president so they could give him an award. This is Stephen Krogman, and then they have a link to his in Florida. He's uh, been convicted of bad things. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so so there's that, which, which is weird. Uh, let's see. Let's go back here. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, so this is on live leak. It says in 2011, Stephen Krogman, the Galaga video game champion was convicted on multiple counts of sexual assault on a minor. Well aware of the crimes, Billy Mitchell, Walter day, Richie knuckles invited him to a public event in 2014 to give him an award there were children present. Present here is the video of that. So what they're saying is he was convicted in 2011 of this thing with kids, and mm-hmm. that these people all still invited him to a place that would have kids at. So that's, I mean, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously it was a Chuck E. Cheese where they have arcade machines. So just in they case, should have expected. Just in case you needed more of a reason to dislike Billy Mitchell, I guess just throw that in there. Um, have, have you, uh, have you retweeted this at Jason Schreier at all? So that way he can blow this all wide open. Oh man. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. <laughs> uh, you know, wow, that's it. All right. So that, that's all I got. So Guinness basically couldn't find enough evidence to uphold a, a site wide ban on his records. Uh, Billy is vindicated now and he feels like every decision is against him is wrong. I think that Guinness is making a huge mistake because I think they just open up a floodgate that they don't realize. So now anybody who has a score removed can essentially sue them to get that score reinstated. What they should have done is just been like, eh, no, who cares? I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get how they would ever be in trouble for removing his scores from their database they're a private company right. they can do whatever they want i don't know it's weird and it's not i, I look at know. this is my take uh this was guinness saying we don't want to be sued um so sorry uh please don't sue us see and that's and, exactly yeah that's exactly what i thought yeah uh, i i still think uh billy mitchell's a scumbag uh 
I have thought about or thought that for quite a while. He's not doing anything to change my mind. Uh, And I think he's probably a dirty cheater. (laughs) All right. Hey, I I don't, what else can you say? He's got good hair though. Like if you like, if you like long, luxurious (laughs) hair, he has long, luxurious hair. Majestic flowing locks. Yes. And an American flag tie. Isn't that, um, is that against the law? Like repurposing an uh, American flag for stuff, or isn't it like what? If if you started arresting people for that, every single Trump fan would be in jail. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, that's true. Also, the the other reason I don't like him is he 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 strikes me as very Trumpy. Like he's like video game Trump, and that's like he enjoys being a villain. And hmm. so, yeah, that's 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 a turn off for me. B- Billy is known for embracing that role. And that's no doubt. Like he loves it. Yeah. He'd, he'd rather be hated by millions than loved by hundreds, you know, but that's eh, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, there, there we go. A quick little Billy Mitchell story. One one quick one for you. So next up on the podcast, John, we're talking about Mixer, which if you don't know what that is, you're with probably 99 percent of the. <laughs> the other people in the United States. <laughs> uh, Mixer is a streaming platform that used to be called Beam and was purchased by Microsoft to become their streaming platform, the Twitch killer, as it were, uh, a competitor for Twitch. Question. Do you know, uh, did you look up how much Beam was purchased for and how long ago it was? I did not. Would you like me to do that? Yeah, because um, I'm curious on how much money they just threw out the window. Oh, and that doesn't even count the stuff they paid the streamers, but, uh, oh my, this, this guy, man. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. So, uh, it was run by an 18 year old. <laughs> okay. Beam was run by an 18 year old. Microsoft acquires gaming startup run by 18 year old. Microsoft just oh, snatched up a startup bastard. run by a teenage entrepreneur. The move will, okay. This was 2016, August, 2016. Okay. The move will, yeah, the move will support Microsoft's growth strategy around Xbox Live, one of the world's most popular social game platforms. The tech giant said in a blog post, it is excited about Beam's ability to converge playing and watching and will help make Xbox Live more social and fun. Uh, well, this is really rude, but the article says the lanky, articulate teen <laughs> first, <laughs> first attracted attention after presenting Beam on stage at TechCrunch disrupts startup battlefield competition in May. Uh, let's see here. Beam emerged as the Battlefield winner, winning $50,000 just for winning the show. In June, okay. uh, Sal's Monday and co-founder James Bohm, 20, were named Thiel Fellows and blah, blah, blah. Investor Peter Thiel's organization pays young entrepreneurs $100,000 over the course of two years in exchange for skipping college or dropping out the work on their own ventures. Um, let's see here. I'm scrolling through. Beam already had 100,000 members as part of its community. Um, how much did I get bought for? Where's the price? Well, I might have to find a different article here, John. This one didn't uh, didn't feed me the details. I it's interesting that it sounds like that guy's life is like season one and two of uh, Silicon Valley. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does remind me of that actually. Yeah, because tech. Well, well, tech crunch disrupt is like the season ending of each season of uh, Silicon Valley and they they talk about a streaming platform in like that like they were building so 
yeah, Silicon Valley is kind of that kid's life. Well, and it looks like, as far as I can tell, Microsoft never disclosed how much they paid for it. Okay. Um, hmm. That's so weird. I wonder, it, I mean, it had to come out eventually. Yeah, because it would be on it'd be on like financial forms and stuff. Um, let me just, let me see here. All right, let me let me try. Let me ask Google a different way. You know, it's not it's not it's, it's you sometimes got to ask the right question. So while you're searching for that, um, the so right before was it before or was it after? Yeah, no, it was before. So before they announced that they were shutting down Mixer, uh, was it last week? Uh, a story came out that a employee that was working at Mixer um, felt that he experienced a lot of uh, negative treatment and racism from the higher ups within the company. Uh, and a lot of streamers. So that story came out the next day, a ton of streamers were saying, I'm done with this company. And like hundreds of them said that they were leaving streaming on mixer, uh, and going elsewhere. And then like the very next day, Microsoft's like, we're shutting it down. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. So it was weird. Cause it, to me, it felt like them shutting down Mixer was burying this story before it got big. The the negativity around the the racist behavior of some of the employees at Mixer towards this one one guy, um, and so the story became, "Oh, Ninja's out of his contract. He basically got to walk away with thirty million dollars." Uh, for six months worth of work, and now he can go do whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and 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 so we talked a little bit about that pre-show, and I just feel like something like this has to be in the works longer than that. But yeah. I don't. I can't disagree that this might have accelerated that. Like once this all yes. started happening, like you know what, pull the plug because the the rumor is that that Mixer employees had no idea that they found out the same time that everyone else found out, which is crazy to me that, I mean, I understand not wanting stuff like this to leak, but I mean, it's, it's like people's livelihood and stuff. And my understanding is Microsoft brought most of them to other positions. Like they were able to transition them into the company in some other role, but my mm -hmm. goodness. Um, well, cause they're transitioning this to Facebook gaming. Right. But like the, this feels very, very sudden and reactionary to me because Facebook is not taking over the app. Um, so once the app or once Mixer expires in late July, the app is going to cease to function. It is going when you start the app or when you go to Mixer.com, it's going to bring you to Facebook Gaming's portal. But I don't think you're going to be able to stream through that Mixer app anymore. It's basically just going to dump you off into Facebook right. and tell you, hey, check them out. And so to me, that doesn't sound like Facebook paid any money for anything at all. They're just taking the traffic. Um, and I kind of wonder if now uh, this is the one speculative upside to this. Mm -hmm. Um Microsoft has no VR representation on the Xbox One and nothing on Xbox One X in the future. 
Um, well, Facebook owns Oculus, and they've been buying up video game studios like Senzaru, who made the uh, they made the Sly Cooper Four. Um, they've made they ported the Sly Cooper games to PS Three, and then they also made some really um, VR games uh, that have been that have done really really well on Steam. So they bought them late last year. And then they just announced that they bought Ready at Dawn Studios, who made Order 1886. Yep. Uh, and or, and Ready at Dawn has also dabbled in VR games. And they bought them to primarily func- or work on VR games for the Oculus. So I kind of wonder if Microsoft is dumping off the Facebook because they've worked some sort of deal to get Facebook's companies that they now own through oculus onto the microsoft platforms in some fashion uh have you thought about that at all or am i just crazy yeah well i i had that thought uh too was that a, a couple things one i definitely could see somehow using this relationship to integrate vr into the the xbox system if if all of a yep. sudden they have like an oculus app and you can hook up your oculus quest through a usb-c cable like you would to your pc but do that through the xbox and they don't have to make their own hardware they just are compatible with that that'd be huge i totally could see that coming um but but it is weird like it's, it's it makes sense as a partnership uh because it seems like it's nothing that microsoft's been serious about i can't believe mm-hmm. they don't have they didn't have a vr headset out in the last couple of years right I was very surprised to hear that because there were a lot of rumors that they were going to have that. And then obviously had the HoloLens and they were looking, dabbling into AR or whatever. And and that actually looked cool. And like the whole Minecraft demo with HoloLens looked really cool, but that never materialized into a commercial product. It was just, yeah. here's a really cool tech demo we're playing around with and it has business applications and whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I, I don't think you're crazy for thinking that. I think anything's possible. But this also just seemed too like, Microsoft had to do something and they were like, Mike, Facebook's going to pay us a bunch of money. We'll at least make back some of the money, you know, for just taking our platform and giving it to them basically. Cause they've been trying, Facebook's yeah. been trying to get their gaming division going for quite a while. And I mean, it's, it's been, they got busted like last year, the year before for fudging the numbers to advertisers of how many people were actually watching. And so <laughs> Facebook needed like a legitimate contender. And if they say, Hey, Microsoft and the Xbox are on Facebook gaming, then that's, that's a big deal. You know? So yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So you brought up HoloLens. Did I ever tell you about the, the one time a guy came into my store wearing one? No. So, so I had some guy come in, and he's wearing the HoloLens, and I I've looked into HoloLens, and I was interested in it because Microsoft talked about it being like a gaming platform in some fashion. So like I'm I'm an Xbox fanboy, uh, and so that put it on my radar where I was like, oh, if it became a thing and it was decently priced, I would want to buy one. They're not decently priced. They're <laughs> what are they? They're like three thousand the, bucks. Yeah, they're like yeah, they're like three grand. So, so they're, they're never going to come out. It's not going to happen. That will never be a viable product that you can buy and realistically use in a, in a gaming sense. Correct. So, so one day I have this guy come into my store and he's wearing this weird ass thing on his head and he like comes straight up to the counter and is just like 
staring somewhere. I thought he was blind. <laughs> like, okay, it looks, fair. It like it, it's just a giant plastic ring that goes all the way around your head, and it's got a big hump on the back of it, which is like the batteries and the the like CPU and guts are basically in the back, and it's just like tinted black visor, mm. and so he looked. He looked like he was wearing a giant, chunky Jordy LaForge visor. So Okay, so, and so <laughs> I was going to ask you, is it more Jordy LaForge or Doc Brown from Back to the Future 2? It's like a mix of both. <laughs> like, it doesn't look like glasses, <laughs> and it doesn't look like any VR headset that you've ever seen. It's, it's very freaking weird. And so he comes right up to the counter, and he's just, like, staring. I was like... Can I help hey you? Hey, man, you okay? <laughs> and, and, and he's like, do you know what this is? Like, he's just, like, jumping. Like, it was almost like a little kid jumping up and down going, ask me what's on my face. Ask me what's on my face. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, what? what is that? And he's like, it's the Microsoft HoloLens. And I was like, okay, I know what that is. So uh, was it actually a HoloLens, though? Because I thought the HoloLens yes. looked like real glasses. Am I thinking something uh, else? You're thinking Google Glass. Oh, yeah, um, okay, okay. Because and Google Google Glass was built to be more <laughs> on like an actual like glasses okay. thing, um, and it would put like a little little piece of uh, information in your eye. That's the right, Hololens that's right. takes up your entire view, so it's transparent. And one of the things that that they pitched when they showed it off was, um, so like you could see in front of you. And then let's say you want to watch the the Packer game. You can go like this, and you can it will make a virtual TV on your wall that's like eighty inches. Oh, and sure, so sure. then so you can say, all right, I want the NFL game on that virtual screen in front of me, and then I want I'm going to work on some spreadsheets. And so over here, show me my spreadsheet. <laughs> and so. <laughs> So you're able to like AR different screens in front of you or turn into like a game. And then like, if you move around the room, it remembers where you put those virtual screens or whatever you want to do with it. Um, And that, that was kind of like the concept. Um, I don't know if it turned out the, the one thing I've heard that it works well with is like, say you're designing things with like AutoCAD. So you're building like machinery and, like technical things, sure. you can design things in AutoCAD and kind of like twist them around and look at them and whatnot. So for that sort of application, it's great. Um, but if you want to walk around wearing it, you look like a goddamn idiot. <laughs> <laughs> How do you really feel, John? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I spent $3,000 for LASIK surgery, so I didn't ever have to wear glasses again. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm going back. Sorry. Uh, sorry, technology. You could have um, got a HoloLens. I could have got a HoloLens. I wasted <laughs> all that money. You your HoloLens money. But, oh, dang it. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Uh, so I looked it up, and it's still everything I read, even on the Wikipedia article, it says that Beam was purchased for an undisclosed amount of money. Interesting. So I don't huh. know. It was probably more a mix of like Microsoft stock than anything. And yeah. so I, who knows? That's weird, though. That's really weird that, that there's not I wonder a what that- monetary amount. I wonder what that gangly, lanky, awkward kid is doing now. I don't know. Probably, he's probably up to no good. He's pr- he's probably working on his next big idea that's never gonna come to fruition because you you typically get one, <laughs> you get one brain. <laughs> if you don't capitalize on it, 
you're done. Um, so we don't know how much Microsoft paid for Beam. They after like two years, they turn it into Mixer. Like it's it sat for a while until they figured it out. Because it when did Mixer come out? It was like 2018, wasn't it? 2017 maybe. Yeah, it's it's been about two years before yeah. since they've started like pushing it on Xbox and making it a prominent spot on yeah. the the dashboard on Xbox One and whatnot. Yeah, and so then this this year, earlier this year or late last year, they offer huge contracts to pull away the largest Twitch streamers they can. You get Shroud, like Shroud and Ninja, Ninja, uh, and and a lot of others too. They they did they did pull others, but those were like the two big. Here's just a ton of money thrown at them. Okay, whatever. You know, Epic Game Stores throwing people free games, throwing people money to get exclusives. It's how you compete in this market. When you got more cash than sense, <laughs> then you throw a bunch of cash at your problems and you hope it works. Well, the whole story, like we were saying, Mixer is shutting down. They announced it like a couple days ago and apparently the employees found out at the same time as we did as at, at, during a press release. And, and so there's a couple things. There's, there's two sides to this. It's kind of strange. One is the mammoth contracts they gave out to Ninja and shroud got paid out in full. And now they're released to go back to anywhere they want. I yeah. believe the number for Ninja was $30 million. Yes. $30 million to stream exclusively on Mixer for six three months? Years. Right. Three well, years. Well, that was the original well, contract. That was, yeah, the contract was three years, and he got it for six months. Yeah, six six months or whatever the time was. So he's out. And now he can go back to Twitch, where he's got a huge following and makes a buttload of money, and make a buttload more money with his to add to his already, his already large truckload of money that uh, he already got. Shroud, Lordy. same kind of story. Now, the other side of that, though, because I was I was actually talking to someone about this the other day, and I said, "Isn't that crazy how like all the partners got bought out?" And he, and he goes, "Oh, not all the partners." And I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, the big names like that in their contract, they had that written in there. The other people automatically got pushed to Facebook Gaming, and it, and you have you can opt out if you want. You get nothing, okay. but you get nothing." Whew. So if, if you opt out, I mean, you still get paid what you would have gotten paid for the time you were on there, but it's not like you're opting out and getting, like it wasn't written in their contract that if they terminate early or the company gets sold, that they get fully paid as opposed to, I'm assuming what happened with Ninja and Shroud's contracts. How do you even stream on Facebook gaming? Like, do you just pull up a Facebook Live? You know what? You have to ask Jordan because he's done it a few times. I have no idea. And, And that's a big problem. That's a big problem because how does the average person know how to stream games? Now, I'm assuming it's the same thing. You go through OBS. You, instead of streaming to Twitch or YouTube, you probably have like a Facebook gaming option. And then you can go to Facebook gaming and get, get a stream key. I'm sure it works very similarly to that. But you're I right. wouldn't even know how, like, I, I go on Facebook every day. I wouldn't know how to watch anybody stream anything on Facebook Short of me being a friend of theirs and them saying like, hey, I'm streaming something now. Yeah. And then you see it pop up on your feed. Like, I wouldn't know how to search for someone who's playing Fortnite right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, well, you're an old fart, John. That happens. Yes. <laughs> but so am I. But no, th- but that brings up a really good point, which is also the relevance of Facebook to a younger generation. Now, Facebook is huge with old people. Because they're finally on board yep. with social media. I joined Facebook, 
if I had to guess, I joined Facebook in 2009 or 2010, maybe, maybe. Um, I'm very rarely on it anymore. Like I don't ever comment anymore, mostly because I, I see my memories from years past and the cringy shit I used to write. You just weep. Yeah. I'm just like, Oh, Oh, that's a bad take. Oh, four years ago, Greg, what were you thinking? Oh, eight years ago, Greg, why, why does everything have exclamation points, man? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) I just delete those. Um, or I find myself editing the grammar (laughs) in in, In your 10 year old memories. yeah, I'll fix I'll fix the grammar and then I'll just minimize it. Man, so I don't delete that's it. A good but idea. I just like if anybody if anybody looks back on this, I'm gonna delete the the cringy crap like you said. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, and a then good just idea. Edit the grammar on the crap I don't. Oh, that's a good idea. I might have to start editing those because like I read some of those and, and I don't know if you remember Facebook way back when, but there was a point where it would say it always say your name before yes. like what you typed, right? So I'd be like like your post would be like it's you know you knew it was gonna put your name so you just be like is angry at customers so greg johnson is angry at customers you're like oh yeah and then they broke that it's so painful yeah every single post from like 2008 and before (laughs) just looks real stupid just so dumb (laughs) um but you know obviously social media and how it destroyed civilization, I think, will be a big thing in history books in the next 30, 40 years. But uh, yes. <laughs> so so getting back to the point, uh, Facebook is quite irrelevant to the younger generation that typically streams and watches streamers like young kids watch YouTube like we watch TV. And yeah, and like TikTok and yes, stuff like that. But they're not. I mean, some of the young kids might be on Facebook, but they're going to launch off of Facebook very quickly. Like they're on to, they're on, um, uh, <laughs> I'm so damn old. No, uh, the stupid picture one. What's the Snapchat? They're on Snapchat. You know, um, they're on, uh, TikTok, Like you said, they're on Twitch. They're on YouTube. I don't really see Zanga. kids being like, Hey, I'm on, I'm going, I'm going to Facebook gaming. Like, so so they have an image problem, Facebook gaming does, with Facebook in general being a plat it's like the one social media that old people use. And so it's not cool. Like their their parents use Facebook and share a bunch of stupid pictures on there all the time, and the kids are embarrassed by it. So they use the cooler app, right? You know, the, the cooler app that's Snapchat or or whatever. Um so they have an image problem there, I I believe. And and uh, I, Yes. I kinda wonder if the mixer team is going to be transitioned into uh, like our video call applications since zoom has, uh, I'm guessing if you own zoom stock before January, you're probably very happy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And like, obviously like there's a need for video call type applications and i'm thinking that mixer probably could be transitioned into that they probably Mm -hmm. would change the name but they could use that same infrastructure that they've already built to have a competitor for zoom video calling but doesn't doesn't what well doesn't microsoft own skype so they do but i mean skype sucks but (laughs) skype has a downfall too because you have to it's a paid membership so I think that they would probably want something that that sounds new but does what Zoom does. Sure. Yeah, Skype. I must be old. I remember when Skype was free. 
Yeah, it was free, and now it's like nine ninety nine. Something Are you like serious? Oh my God. Yeah, it, I think you can Skype call for, um, and I could be totally wrong about this, but I think you have a time limit on how long you can Skype call for, and then after that, you have to pay for it. My goodness. Well, I don't use Skype anymore anyway. Uh, but yeah, so so I looked it up. Uh, they, they spent, I don't even know how much money they spent on this. So after four years, they spent whatever amount of money they were to buy it, in the last year, they spent a ton of money to pull people to their platform, and now they're just shutting it down. It's it's very yeah. weird to me. And they, they cited one of the reasons, uh, let's see here, uh, quote, we started pretty far behind in terms of where Mixer's monthly active viewers were compared to some of the big players out there, says Phil Spencer in an interview with The Verge. I think the Mixer community is really going to benefit from the broad audience that Facebook has through their properties and the abilities to reach gamers in a very seamless way through the social platform Facebook has. Um, yeah, I mean, the YouTube or the, the Facebook algorithm will get people to see it. Like if you say, hey, I love video games and you're on the marketplace and you're always looking at video games for sale and you mention video games in your thing, they're going to start showing you videos for for gaming like you know, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like the people that are going to watch those though, the majority of them aren't on Facebook as a social media platform. Ah, you just, you just told me why I don't see that crap on Facebook. Uh, I purposely deleted all of my likes off Facebook yep. because it would feed me ads and I, and I hated seeing the ads. So I deleted every single like I had on Facebook. Nice. Uh, I should probably do that too. But even, even goes further. Like they look at the groups you're in. Like I'm in Facebook groups for video game collecting, you know, like displays and, and, and like video game standee collecting and PC, big box PC game collecting and all this other stuff. So they look at that and they go, yeah, this guy's a gamer. So we're going to send him gaming content. Plus it's stuff as simple too, as they throw one in your timeline. And if you zip past it, they know that your view time on that is zero to like 0.25. So they don't show you that again. But if you scroll and then you stop and you just watch it, even without sound, if you watch it for 20 to 30 seconds, they go, okay, he's, moderately interested in this content will keep feeding them some of this and then change it up a little bit. It's crazy, but I mean, Those it's, bastards. it's impressive. Don't get me wrong. Like I think the tech's actually quite impressive, but kind of scary and sad all at the same time. Um, but yeah, man, they're just shutting it down. They're out. And, uh, hmm. w- which is weird because with stuff like X cloud coming out and Microsoft themselves being, like Microsoft is being paid by Sony to to host servers. So why why could they not get the service up and running? I, I don't get it. You know, I, th- I thought it was actually going to be the closest competitor to Twitch because one, you had a big company backing it up. But two, it had kind of a coolness to it. Mixer, it had like the, the marketing seemed solid enough. It was an Xbox exclusive, well, Xbox and PC like platform. I think technically you could stream PlayStation to it if you did the web portal. Maybe I think I, I don't. I, I'll be yeah. honest. I, I use Mixer very little, but the thing I liked about Mixer was that if you went to the Mixer portal on Xbox One, it would show you every console. So you'd you'd see people playing Super Smash Brothers, and you'd see Last of Us on your Xbox. So I, I thought that was neat that they didn't try to yeah like cut out that content and censor it and just be like, no, only Xbox. See, now I feel like when I watch Twitch on the PS4 that I mostly only see PS4 streamers, like people streaming mm. directly from the PS4. Like, I feel like I can't, 
like now I think it's better, but I feel like in the early days I would go to like the Twitch app and it would just show me other PlayStation streamers. And I was like, can I just watch anybody on here? Which it's better now. Cause I actually, Oh, actually no, I use that on my Apple TV. I don't think I use the Twitch app on, uh, I don't think I use the Twitch app on my PlayStation, but I think that was, and I don't know if that's a thing anymore, but I feel like it was for a while where it was like limiting me to just the streamers streaming from PS4. And I was like, that's kind of stupid. Hmm. Like I want to, I want to see it all. So, um, yeah, but there you go. That's kind of the, that's kind of the big story. I don't, John, any, any closing comments, uh, in regards to Microsoft, uh, you know, it's your boy, you're the, you're the X bot of this group wearing the Sony I PlayStation really, t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I really got to think that there's something going on behind the scenes with Facebook because they could have dumped it off to Twitch. They could have dumped it off to, to Google with YouTube and they picked Facebook. So I think there's going to be something announced with Facebook and Microsoft in the gaming space probably this year. I could I could totally see that, and I and I think the VR for Series X might be an announcement that's coming. Yeah, uh, you have a you have do you have an Oculus? I have a Quest currently. Okay, uh, does it have any weirdo plugs, or is it just USB? It's USB C to USB. Okay. Okay. USB B or so, whatever they call I don't know whatever the standard USB mail port is. Yeah. Okay, so realistically you don't need any special gear to hook it up like you would the um, PlayStation headset or even like the Kinect. They didn't, they don't have a special connector that you need to buy. So realistically they could potentially have the Oculus on, on Xbox. Well, and really Um, that's going to come down to the software because, and, and, and I should say that's, that's with the quest. Now with the rift, you have to have two minimum of two sensors plugged in sometimes three for more accuracy plus two i believe it's two usbs just for the headset so you have to have four to five usb 3.0 ports available just to hook an oculus rift to your pc not very Mm -hmm. viable when it comes to the xbox one or series x um but the quest straight up uses one usb cable to your pc and, and okay. the way that the sensors work with the hand controllers, those are registered. There aren't sensors that have to be plugged in and have to like set everything up. It's all drawn and done in the sensors in the, the, the quest. And so if, if they made it, I could see them making it compatible with the quest. I don't know how it would work with the rift and having extra sensors, but yeah. totally possible. And Oculus recently announced that they're s- sending off the go, like the go is toast, which it should have been. I mean, it makes sense because the quest just kind of replaced it as a product. And that quest is going to be like, I think there's another quest coming next year. Rumor had it, it was going to be this year, but then with everything happening in COVID, they just ended up, they couldn't keep up with demand and they were like, just get more. Uh, I think they were just like struggling just to get the, the goes out or the quests out. So they just, they didn't worry about a new skew in the current, um, consumer client uh climate yeah well i i also like as far as vr headsets go like i personally think the oculus has been a headset that it came first for the most part but then also is one that you didn't see in a retail space for a long time um like you'd see vive and and you'd see a couple other ones but like GameStop never sold the Oculus uh, for years. Um, 
So I kind of wonder if this, if a partnership with Microsoft is their way of kickstarting the the desire for to go out and buy the Oculus headsets. Yeah, yeah. I could see it, and, and that'd be the thing too. If you wanted to sell, I mean, market it with the Xbox. You know, like that. Yeah. that that's that's another avenue into people's homes. Um, you know, but then again, if you have to have an Xbox Series X that's five hundred dollars roughly and then you have to buy a $500 oculus quest i mean a thousand bucks isn't quite the entry point for vr that people want to see but yeah but uh, like on the pc side of things like if i if i had a game pc and i would like if i wanted to buy a vr headset i would want either the vive or the index because they're more fully featured headsets but if i own an xbox one or xbox series x and the facebook oculus quest is the option for xbox then i pick one up yeah yeah so, yeah that, that, that's that's enough of like a of a, of a tipping point for you to to go with yeah. that consumer product yeah that makes sense makes sense to me all right john so moving on what do you have uh we have our games of the week we have our pickup piles of the week and then we're out, and then it's another week in the book. So, John, what is your game of the week this All week? All right. My game of the week, obviously, is Freefall 3050 AD for the <laughs> Nuon DVD console. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because I saw you grab two discs. But that's funny. I, how many Nuon games do you have? I own three. Nice, nice. <laughs> For anyone listening who doesn't know, the Nuon was literally, like John said, a DVD game console, but really it's a DVD player, but it had a controller. Most people, most people that own the Nuon probably don't know it's a video game console. Probably. Um, I wonder how many are out they there. Just, they just sold it as a DVD player, and then there's a little rubber um, plug that if you pull it down you can plug in controllers, but the most of them didn't come with a controller and they have games like Tetris and, uh, there's basically a version of breakout. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's about 11 games for it. I have three of them. They're mostly terrible. Yeah. Um, and it's not my game of the week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I, I've had one nuon come through the store. If I had to guess, it was probably Uh, about five or six years ago. How much did you sell it for when you oh, when you put man. it up for sale? I don't even remember. What do you think? If I had to remember, I'd say it was probably around sixty to seventy bucks. Okay. If, um, if I, I it's lucked, somewhere around there, I think I lucked into mine and I got it from like Mega Media Exchange or something, and it was like twenty bucks. Nice. Because they didn't know what it was, and I did. What uh, What do they go for now? Do you know? Um. Oh, I'll look at Certain ones. Certain ones are expensive. There's certain new ones that will only play. Uh, specific discs uh, like they recalled the game Iron Soldier 3 that was released on the new one because it wouldn't play on specific discs but then I don't believe they actually sent out the replacement discs so that game is the most expensive new one game I'm pretty sure and then there's like there's one new one game that only plays in a Japanese player mm, so, seems reasonable so so yeah if you if you want the complete library 
of 11 games, I believe you need to own at least three <laughs> different Nuon players. Um, so that's what's funny is, so there's Toshiba and Samsung both have Nuons. Uh, Toshiba one's going for about 55, 65, 65. A Samsung Nuon N505 DVD from the UK sold for $380 and it bit out too. <laughs> so people were fighting over it. Bam. Um, yeah, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> That's great, the new one. Uh, let's see here. The games. Uh, Space Invaders was sealed, sold for about 220 Bu- So the game, see, the game I had was Ballistic. That was the one game we had in the store with it. Yeah. And that game's think, not great. I'm pretty sure I have Space Invader. Oh, and there's not your uh, Free Fall. That, dude, that game sold for 130 bucks. Seriously? <laughs> I mean, June 7th, uh, a, a Rare Game super clean pre-owned copy of Freefall 3050 sold for $130. That's crazy. I bought it at uh, I bought it at um, Midwest Gaming Classic like a year ago for like 20 bucks. Oh, man, that's ew, that poor guy. You ripped him good. Um, but yeah, so anyway, sorry. So your actual game of the week then. All right, so my actual game of the week is... The Punisher. Nice. Uh, Good choice. For PS2 and Xbox original. Uh, I have the Xbox copy. It's made by Volition, who went on to make the Saints Row franchise. Mm-hmm. And it is a incredibly bloody and awesome uh, Punisher game. It's fantastic. I'm not a huge fan, uh, but this game is really cool. They got Thomas Jane that played the Punisher in the movie. To actually be the voice actor in the game, yep. it is a million times better than the movie, which sucked. Um, yeah, it wasn't my favorite. You mean, you mean you didn't like it, John? It was your opinion that you didn't like it. <laughs> I hated that movie because the pun. So the Punisher character, the bad guy, kills like his wife and kids. In the movie, the bad guy kills. His entire extended family, Mm -hmm. aunts, uncles, nephews, (laughs) nieces, brothers, everyone, like, like 80 people. Like they, they were having like a castle family reunion and they just slaughtered everybody Mm -hmm. but Frank Castle. And then Thomas Jane's Punisher decides to get his revenge by kind of tricking them into killing themselves. Right. Uh, You know, it's. My thing about that movie was I, I didn't feel that he was mad enough in that movie. I just felt right. he was really sad. Like Punisher, you know, he's supposed to be really mad. And, uh, and in that movie, he was just kind of like really bummed out. <laughs> the whole thing. You know, my, not, my whole family, I'm kind of bummed out. By that. <laughs> it's not Thomas Jane's fault. No. He was good. It's the, it's the writer director of that movie that screwed that up. Yeah. He was a great character, Punisher. He was a great character as the Punisher. But yeah, that, that script sucked. Mm. Um, but yeah, this game's awesome. It's got some brutal, brutal kills in it. Um, yeah, it's got like and... environmental kills or something, right? Like, yeah, like you'll bring a guy next to a buzzsaw and then you like stick his face and sorry, it's your game of the week, but yeah, like, like there's yep. some really cool stuff. Sorry. I'll let you explain it. Sorry. It was actually a drill press. A so drill you, press. You put a guy's head under it. You, you press the drill down. Um, there's one where for some reason there's a sink full of, um, uh, what's the crap that freezes stuff really quickly liquid nitrogen uh, yeah liquid nitrogen there's a sink full of nitrogen you put a guy's head into it nice and then you smash his head against the well, counter and shatter it and on the pc version of this game 
so on the the console version they are censored so during certain kills they will go black and white uh for the the image and then they will sometimes pan away from the kill on the pc version all you need to do to uncensor delete one file <laughs> nice and then you delete the one file and it will not go black and white and it will not pan away to those kills uh so yeah the the funny thing is nothing in this game is worse than what's in grand theft auto 5 correct so well, the the games uh the esrb has just gotten less restrictive as the as the time has gone on and then also i think grand theft auto and rockstar get a lot of leeway with the esrb Oh yeah, well the that that's just like the the movie rating companies too. Like if you have a if you have a bigger parent company, you can you can absolutely manipulate that. Although not that yeah. not that they haven't had issues in the past with the hot coffee mod and then you know whatever. But yeah. So so what is your game of the week? So let me see here. I'm gonna let me switch over to. So what so you from can... software crap. <laughs> PS2 have you picked what, this week? What are you trying to say? <laughs> um Okay, so let's see. I'm trying to I got I got crap. I'm really hoping you lift up software game now. <laughs> I was trying to get to a a scene where here I guess this is kind of this is kind of better. Okay. <laughs> um okay. So my game of the week is for PS2. It is Evil Dead Fistful of Boomstick. Oh, that Hey, they're both THQ games. Yeah, uh, rest rest in peace. Um, that was that was made by was that the one made by Viz? Yes, Viz, who made uh, State of Emergency. Yes. Uh, so the the thing is that for PS One, there is an Evil Dead game which is pretty rough, not great. Then they did a port of that game to the Dreamcast, <laughs> which <laughs> while while better, still not great. Uh, well, that would have been a port of the Dreamcast game to the PS2. No, no. So th- this, not this game. This game th- they ported well, no, the Hail to the King from PS1 yeah, to Dreamcast. Okay, PS1. Right, PS1 to Dreamcast. Sorry, PS1 to Dreamcast, and then they made this game. So now this is a totally different game, totally different company. This game is actually really fun. Um, now there is a sequel, Evil Dead Regeneration, which is actually better. But this game's really okay. fun. Like you run around, you, like it's kind of like you said, it's by the state of emergency guys. So you kind of hack and slash. You kind of run around. You just do whatever. It's got Bruce Campbell doing the voiceover. Like it's great. This is a great game. If you like Evil Dead, you like Army of Darkness. Like play. There aren't many. There aren't any good games for Evil Dead except this one and the Regeneration, which is the sequel to this. So, uh, but they're good. They're totally fun, playable games. They don't take themselves too seriously, just like the movies didn't, and it's really good. So, Evil Dead, Fistful of Boomstick, uh, it's a good PS2 banger. I should put that one in, because I own it. Yeah, you should. So, John, what do you have for your uh, pickup pile of the week? All right, take a look. All right. So, we'll do the boring stuff first. Uh, I picked up the Trine Ultimate Collection for Xbox One, which has all games on the disc. Nice. Uh, I got Devil May Cry HD Collection for Xbox One, which has all the games on the disc. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, which 
also has some of the most decisive reviews right now on Metacritic. Mm-hmm. Like there are like the the actual critical reviews are anywhere from like eight out of ten to two. Yeah. Which to me to <laughs> me a two is like so fundamentally broken that it doesn't work. Yeah, it's literally so, unplayable at a two. Yeah. Yeah. It's like played this that gave it a two, like were they like Madden football fans that were like, Alright, you're reviewing a kids platformer now. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand who would play that and give it to because I, I'm t- Charlie who works for me. He used to play the GameCube one all the time, so he mm-hmm. bought this one. He loves it. He's like, I mean, and he even admitted he's like, I don't know, it's kind of janky sometimes here and there, but for the most part, it's really fun. Like he's liking it, so yeah, it's not without its flaws, but certainly not like a two out of ten. That's pretty ridiculous. Plus, how do you give something right. a two out of ten and not a one out of ten? <laughs> like what, yeah, what, 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 what saving grace gave it one point higher than the worst possible score? All right. So I also got Hero Land Knowable Edition for Switch, uh, which is a Exceed Collector's Edition. It was really cheap on Amazon. Um, yeah, I saw that other Dom was looking into that one. Yeah, and then I I, I find this to be very weird. Uh, I got La Mulana 1 and 2 for Xbox One. Interesting. Uh, the Hidden Treasures Edition. And it comes with an art book, uh, a puzzle, like an actual jigsaw <laughs> puzzle, um, <laughs> soundtrack, and then you get the both games on one disc. Um, this is one that I never see in stores. Uh, I think Best Buy carries it, but I've literally never seen it. And Do they the, make a non-collector's edition of that? I don't believe they do. Mm. Um, I had to get it on Amazon. Um, the reason I find this weird is that NIS... Uh, that makes like the Disguise series published this on Xbox, and I believe this is their first and only Xbox One game, hmm. um, which I always find bizarre. Like like Atlas only published, I think, two games on the original Xbox, uh, and one of them was Galleon, uh, which was made by the guy that made the Tomb Raider series, mm-hmm. uh, and then they also published a fishing game that prominently featured an Asian girl with like a pink bikini on the cover yeah you know it was like like all of these great games that atlas makes and it's like we get titty fishing and we get a really terrible terrible swashbuckling tomb raider (laughs) so funny story about that game that got traded in at the store and i took a picture of it and sent it to sapata and i said i said hey man your game's in when you come to pick it up so like every now and then on facebook i get that memory of me like sharing that to him uh that's great See, my memory that I get about Josh Zapata on Facebook is uh, for his birthday um, on the computers at GameStop, you used to be able to, pr- you, you could print your own cover art game. So like if somebody trades in Halo with a cover art, you can print a cover art that says Halo 3. So if you put in the SKU 9999995 or 92 that would give you a generic original or Xbox 360 cover art. Did you know that? Uh, I did not. Okay. So when you do that, it give, it opens up a box that allows you to type in whatever the <laughs> hell you want. Nice. And so I, for his birthday, I printed up a cover that said Josh Sapata's cuddle, cuddle party deluxe <laughs> or cuddle party for connect. <laughs> and I put it in a purple connect case. I'm pretty I, sure uh, I've seen that. Like, I'm pretty sure I've seen yeah. that. You share that before. That's great. 
Yeah, I sent him a picture that said, "Hey, Josh, your game got traded in." <laughs> he wished that was hit. shortly after I, shortly after I took over the uh, the GameStop in the Bay Park Square Mall that he had previously run before I took it over. Nice. Well, that's that's quite nice. That that's great, man. That's a great story. Uh, so yeah, that's everything. So La Mulana. Oh, I also finally got a switch dock again because I don't know what the hell my wife and or child did with my switch dock and I've been without it for like oh. six months. No. And so I finally picked one up off eBay for like four I was, and it works. I was going through my basement and I found a sealed one down there. I don't know where I ever got it from, but I should <laughs> probably, and what's funny is I already have two because I have two okay. switches. Um, well, technically we have three switches in the house, but like I, I bought myself a model two switch and then someone had the model someone had a model one trade in that was on super low firmware. So I kept it because the switch is going to be a really fun moddable system one day. And I feel like that'll be the ultimate. I can take it with me and go and I can park it at home and play on it. So I'm kind of waiting for that scene to catch up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so then I have the dock from that other one that I have for when I'm streaming. It's like here to set up so I can just take my switch out of the living room, plop it into my okay. office and then stream. So it's really nice, especially when I was playing Animal Crossing on, on stream for a while. But yeah, so docks, docks everywhere. Um, so, so what is, yeah, what's in your pile? I only have two things. Uh, the first one is Last of Us 2, obviously, because I've been okay. playing it. And this was one I, I actually, when it first came out, I thought it was really stupid. And then I saw more about and I actually really want to play it. And then it was the pandemic and you couldn't find it anywhere. But I got uh, finally got a Ring Fit Adventure. Like, okay. So, <laughs> like, when I first heard of this, I thought, my God, can Nintendo get any stupider with these ridiculous products? And then I started looking into it and I'm like, it's like a straight up like RPG, but it's a workout yeah. thing. I'm like, that would that would be good. And I, and I got to get, you know, I got to stop messing around and get back into shape, especially if I'm going on vacation next year. You know, if the world is able to <laughs> to go on vacation, because next year you got to get that beach body ready. Yeah, yeah. Well, if if you um if you know this or not, I'm gonna be 40 next year. So I turn 40 years old next year, which I've already told Jenny to prepare. I'm gonna have some sort of mental breakdown. <laughs> I don't I don't know <laughs> in what form it's gonna take. I don't know if I'm gonna come home with like a convertible or if I'm gonna come home crying. I don't know. But I'm going to turn 40 next year. And then we had talked a couple years ago about going back to Japan. So we want to go back to Japan, and we talked about doing it for my 40th. Now, okay. it's hard to say because um, my wife's sister, her wedding was supposed to be this summer in the UK. That got canceled because of, obviously, everything going on. Actually, it was supposed to be in the spring. It was supposed to be in April, so right in the heart of it. All that stuff got canceled. Um, and so if they do it next spring or next summer, that might be our trip next year. But um, I really want to climb Mount Fuji. Like, I just really want to do it. And, okay. and and in my current state, I could probably get there. And then it'd be difficult. Like to Japan. Yeah, like, <laughs> I could get to the <laughs> base could, of the mountain. You could I could get on the plane I could to take, get to yeah, Japan. Yeah, I could take the so train like to the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't get up the mountain. Uh, so... Yeah, so I just, you know, I got to quit messing around, just get back into shape. And it's just funny, I say that, you know, and... I had six weeks off, well, like four weeks off when the store closed, you know, I didn't do anything. I'll be honest, man. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I could have used that time to do anything I wanted. I could have worked out every day, could have really hit the gym hard, like my home gym hard. I could, I didn't do anything like that. I, I just literally didn't do anything except play Final Fantasy seven and <laughs> animal crossing. 
<laughs> so, you know, but anyway, that's just something I'd really like to do. I think, I think it'd be fun. So, um, so similarly, like out of, out of shape and like just pieces of garbage wise. Um, so when I was a kid, we used to go to a place called Butler's rock. Uh, it's, uh, it's right by white potato Lake, which my parents have a cottage on. And we have a lot of fond memories of hiking up to Butler's rock. And it's got a really beautiful, uh, view of like the woods and stuff. And, uh, my, like probably once a month when I was a kid, my dad and my mom, my sister would hike up to Butler's rock. And so me and Nicole, a couple of years ago, we went up to, to white potato Lake and I was like, Hey, let's go to Butler's rock. Uh, and so we got in the car and we drove to Butler's rock, uh, or where you'd, you'd start to go there. And, you used to be able to get really close in your car to rock and you could park and, and walk to it. They blocked it off. So now you park and you have to hike like <laughs> a half a mile to Butler's rock. And so we, we started hiking. We're like, all right, whatever. And so we started hiking and we were like hiking for probably like five or 10 minutes. And like me and Nicole just looking at each other. We're like, this sucks. Let's go back. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. We walked back to the car, and we never went. <laughs> so, so, I'm overweight, not a shape, John. And even I walked three miles home the other day from, like, dropping my car off to get work done. So, how do you not walk <laughs> well, half right, a mile? But, Come on. But we one we didn't we did not prepare for it. And the people you in probably my probably weren't. You probably weren't walking like and like up like dirt embankments true and stuff. true i was on the so, sidewalk yes yeah it was it was an actual <laughs> hike and like it was one that i was not expecting so like had i known that we were actually gonna have to hike through the woods i would have uh like brought some water and mm. like prepared now i could kick its ass like probably definitely oh, oh yeah goddamn rock oh yeah i would probably have to drag nicole in like a wheelbarrow um because she works from home as well and does not walk 11 miles a day like I do. Um, well, and that's the other thing about Japan as well is that you do just walk a bunch there because you're not going to have a car. You have to walk. You can go to the, and the train system's amazing, um, but it only takes you so far and then you have to walk everywhere else. When we were in Kyoto, we went to like this bamboo forest and on, on the Google maps was like, here's where the bamboo forest is. So we walk and it's just pouring rain. It's miserable. And we're, we're just completely soaked. We walk, we walk somewhere we get to like this weird path. We go up this mountain and there's like a shrine up there. And it's like this incredibly steep staircases that go on forever. Okay. And, and I'm like halfway up. I'm like, this, this cannot be right. You know, like, and Google maps is telling us to go like further along. I'm like, there's nothing here. This can't be it. So we ended up coming back down. Cause we just didn't think it was right. And then we looked at a map, like, uh, like on the street, like a, you know, like a marker map and it was across mm-hmm. the river the other way and back there somewhere. I'm like, well, I don't know why Google okay. maps took us in the wrong direction, but I was able to do all that. I was able to do all that hiking and all that walking and didn't have any problems and have like my feet didn't hurt. Like it was no problem. My fat well, your goofy ass didn't make it up that shrine. Yeah. Well, I gave up that, that was more of a <laughs> mental weakness than physical weakness. <laughs> wonder how many people fall down those steps on a, like a yearly basis. Well, hopefully not many. Cause I think you would have died. It, it was like, it was, it was brutal, but we walked so much when we were there and it was great. Like I could eat whatever I wanted to and it didn't matter because I burned it all off. 
and it was and it was awesome um but that's also a thing too i got to get into that mentality i gotta get into that shape again like walking the three miles from from you know basically my store to my house i was like that wasn't so bad actually it's totally doable but like you know if i did that a bunch before going it'd be a lot easier you know i guess what i'm trying to say how many times were you tempted to pull up Uber and just <laughs> call? So I th- I thought about Ubering out first. I, like that was the first thing I thought of, and then I, I and then I got there and I started walking. I was like, I ah, just walk home. We'll see how it is. And I had my Apple Watch on, so at least I was getting credit <laughs> for like yep. it, it, it. It kept saying like, "Good job, man! You're shattering your records." I'm like, "Thanks." Normally, you're telling me to get up, <laughs> so it's nice to <laughs> it's nice to be told I'm doing well. <laughs> is it only three miles from your store to your house? It's it's like four I think, but I was from I was a I was at uh, De Pere Exhaust on George Street there, so that's probably okay. another mile from my store, three quarters to half a mile from my store. So, but end up being you like just go down. Do you end up going down uh, Main to Webster? And... Yeah, I took George to Webster, and then uh, and then Webster. I think I turned down like kind of by the road by your house, and then I walked down all the way to Riverside. Okay. No, River, River River Drive, not Riverside, River Drive, and then, or River Road, wherever the hell it is right there, and then uh, took that over on Hoffman. <laughs> so That seems like it's longer than, than four miles, because, like, I walk, like, 11 miles a day, <laughs> and I feel like that's longer than what I it, walk during yeah. the day. <laughs> uh, I tracked it, man. I tracked it on my Apple Watch, dude. So I mean, it's certainly possible Although, that it, it didn't collect it all, but it didn't take me that long. I, I think it took, like, an the... hour. I walk a lot of like it's weird because so like if I'm delivering three blocks worth of mail, I'm technically walking six blocks because I walk down one side of that and then I turn around and I walk down the sure. other side of it. That makes sense. So so it doesn't feel like I'm walking as far as I am, but it's because I'm doing double. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good point. All right. Well, we've hey, battled on. For it, it was enough. great. <laughs> yeah. They they don't they don't give a sh- they don't give a shit about us walking in Japan and oh. walking up down the street. <laughs> I, I do want to I do want to say uh, to the one person that listens to this, uh, Joe. Uh, he drove by while I was delivering mail, and I yelled at him, "Joe!" And he didn't turn around, like he didn't he didn't stop or turn around and drive back and like say hi at all. So screw you, Joe. Oh no, oh, no! There goes our one. <laughs> that goes our one listener yeah. every week, John. Thanks a lot. I'm done with you. You know what, Joe? I still oh, think you're cool, dude. I still think you're cool. It's uh. John just hates you because, you know, he's sad that you didn't acknowledge him. So Yeah, well, I know you live, Joe. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, as always, for listening and watching. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. John is at Dryer Combo. I'm at Game Trade Greg. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the drop rate, and you can subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash drop rate. I know I say it every single week. I truly do do mean it i really appreciate everyone who listens uh and and follows us and and interacts and i know when i put youtube videos up people are like oh hey i heard the podcast but i came to the video to comment i i appreciate all that honestly and and um we hope to hear from you you know tweet tweet out at us or or uh facebook message us or something and we'll um we'll answer a question or anything i always keep trying to i gotta remember to ask on twitter questions more than just 10 minutes before we start (laughs) to try to give people (laughs) time to read it Um, But I do really appreciate everybody. So thank you, as always, for listening and watching. Say goodbye, John. See ya. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye.